Hello and welcome to Meet Him, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm President and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Him podcast series introduces listeners to male leaders who share what they've learned about the value of diverse leadership in their companies and in their own leadership journeys. And I'm just really thrilled that making some time to join me today is John DeGainer, President and CEO of Stone Ridge and a member of the Inforum Board of Directors. With several decades in leadership roles for major companies in manufacturing, John is a strong advocate for building diverse and effective teams. Thanks so much for joining us today, John. Terry, I'm glad, I'm glad to do it. Thanks for the invitation. So we'll just jump right in. Um, what are some of the ways men can be allies to women? Terry, I think for, for me, first it's important to understand that diversity and uh, diversity of points of view, diversity of perspective and diversity of background are important. These are business issues. And so as we've sought to build Stone Ridge, or as I've sought to build Stone Ridge, it's really been looking for putting the right people in the right places to create that sort of synergy and, and diversity within the leadership team and throughout the organization. And in that situation, for, for me and my role to be an ally to women in particular, it's about creating the right opportunities. It's, mm -hmm. about, it's about coaching and mentoring. Just, I had the benefit over my now 30 plus year career of having a lot of people who were prepared to pour into me. And so how do I, how do I pay that back? How do I pay that forward with others? And both, and really it should be general, gender neutral and making sure that I'm pouring into men and women with capability to make them better and better for the organization. And then I, then I think the, the third thing or the way I've looked at it is the way I can be an ally is make sure that I'm creating the opportunities for challenge so that the women in our organization have a chance to demonstrate their capabilities, demonstrate their, their, their approach to problem solving and to take advantage of the opportunities in the organization, but put them in positions of challenge. And we've been able to do that in a couple of, uh, a couple of ways, a couple of specific examples that I think have really worked out well. You know, thank you uh, for that. Everything you're saying really aligns with the research uh, about how CEOs in particular can positively influence this. And it is all about trying to uh, broaden and open up and level the playing field of opportunity so that then the best qualified candidates, male or female, can step into those, those roles. So um, what are some of the challenges and opportunities that companies face in being intentional about gender diversity? Well, the, again, if, if we talk about gender diversity or if we talk about really from a diversity of approach as a business issue, um, then 
our our challenge is making sure my challenge and and as a leadership team is is making sure that we're creating those forums and scenarios that allow diversity of opinion diversity of background diversity of experience to come in and play as a ceo what i have to do and it's one of my biggest challenges is to let that happen and to because of the power the power difference is to make sure that i'm not squelching some of that but to clarify how we're valuing people to make sure that we're taking advantage of diverse opinions and to thinking past some unconscious biases is are the things where we need to be intentional because there are historic and unconscious biases that you need to unlearn. And that's one of the things that um, I see it in the company and I see it as the father of uh, two teenage daughters. I just love that response, John, you know, because I firmly believe no one wakes up every day and says, I'm going to go out and discriminate against someone today. You know, I don't think people, people do that, that so much of it is um, not intentional. And so to work to examine that and make sure that, you know, I know that I have to work every day on making sure that I'm not letting um, unintentional things get in my way. So kudos to you for identifying that. And you pr probably having two daughters helps. It, it, it does. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have one who's a senior and going through the challenges of dealing with senior year remote. Uh, so. Oh my, that must be tough. It, and we found out last week that she's the co-valedictorian with her closest friend and another very talented young lady. Um, so they'll be doing, unfortunately, they'll do, be doing their co-valedictorian speech uh, via Zoom. But one of the comments that I've heard made in the past, and this goes back to the unconscious biases, goes back to the girls being, daughters being cute, as an example. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the challenges that I try to defend in that situation is we're, we're blessed that they're healthy, but more importantly, these are really capable, these are really, really capable women, young women. And I don't want anything other than the perspective of their capability to come through. Mm. And, and that's true as a father, but it's also true in the, in the company. What we've sought to do in the in the five a little over five years that I've been at Stone Ridge is we've really sought to position the company as this is a eight hundred million dollar fifty plus year old startup and it really doesn't matter <laughs> it really doesn't matter those who are coming in can come in and make a difference it doesn't matter how long how much experience they have it, it's more about what can you bring and how you make the business better and it's really changed the culture of the organization so it's that intentionality and avoiding the unconscious biases, but it's the intentionality of, we're just gonna put really capable people in positions to make huge differences mm -hmm. and look through the rest of it. And mm -hmm. that's, that's how I try to do it, both at work and at home. Mm -hmm. that, that's uh, so helpful because I've always sort of wondered, you know, when you see the research come out from places like uh, Ernst & Young, you know, EY and the Peterson Institute that show that there's a real business case that, 
more diverse companies are more profitable. Uh, it all, I always was curious about, you know, I always would think if I went to a CEO and said, I could improve your bottom line by 6%, you'd think that people would be sort of all over that. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's always been curious to me about um, why that uh, people have sort of that intellectual understanding of the business case and the business importance of diversity of thought and making sure you have the very best team member no matter what. Um, but I, there's sometimes there's that gap between that understanding and then how do you truly make that happen? And I think you've been talking about some of the specific things that you as the CEO can do. So thank you for, for that. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, so I know that you're a pretty driven person who's really good at a lot of different things. Um, you have a lot of different interests. Um, what's, is there a skill that you constantly work to improve? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the, one of the things that you realize, particularly when you get to the CEO role is everything that you thought, and there, there are books written about it, but everything that you thought you knew go, working through the ranks and what you see once you're in this job, it's different because of the, just the amplification that goes with the title. Mm. So one of the things that I've, and, and it's taken me the entire time that I've been in this job, and I'm, I'm still, I'm nowhere near where I'd like to be, but working on patience, working on discernment. If you think, if you think about the, the challenges that we face in the industry right now, or the challenges that we face in, given this external crisis, people are looking to me to, as, as a calming force and, and as leading through this with a level of stability and, and, and calm, not reacting. So how you, how I continue to work on my discernment and where we need to react strongly and where we need to wait, where I need to push and where I need to hold back and those sort of things is probably in recognition of the level of leverage of the role. It's probably been the biggest thing that I've had to work on uh, since I got the job. Do you mind, if, if it's okay, I'd love to ask a follow-up question, sure. John. It's just, are there, how do you do that? I mean, you know, are they, how do you go about um, improving skills in that area? Well, so, so uh, it's, it's multifaceted. One, it's making sure that you've got a good team around you so that they're pushing back when appropriate and that you're making it safe for them to push back, mm. uh, which again goes to the patient's piece. Secondly, uh, continuous improvement. You, know, you think about all of the informed training and all of the informed individual development stuff. It's true at this level too. I have a coach that I work with. Uh, I've spent time out at Center for Creative Leadership. There's a whole series of these things where I'm trying to demonstrate to the organization in which I work, as well as at home, that all of us have flaws and all of us have things to work on, and that includes me. And so I need to set that example. And so it's, it's what I read, it's what I'm doing with the coach, it's what I'm doing to, for continuous improvement and what I'm doing to put people around me. That's really great. Um, I, 
it's so important to role model, you know, be a role model. And that requires humility um, and perspective. And uh, thank you for being such a, a strong and uh, leader in that regard. Um, is there, uh, speaking of leadership, is there a characteristic that you believe every leader should possess? Yeah, and, and so there was an article in Inc. Magazine uh, earlier this week I saw that said, if you want your child to be a CEO, what degree should they pursue? And it, and it said, basically, they should pursue engineering. And, and the reason why is because it's hard. It teaches a structured thought process, but it's really difficult. And so as poignant is as it is right now in these times the the skill for me is is tenacity and it's fortitude so if if at the first point to challenge you back away versus stepping back putting the right people around you and trying to look at the problem from all the different all the different possible ways and then putting a plan together the being tenacious being absolutely just focused on we're, we're going to win. We're going to find a way through this. We're going to put the right smart people in place and we're, and, and we're going to do it. We'll, we'll win, but we'll win through tenacity. That's probably in this role, in this industry, I've found is one of the most important things. Mm. It, it kind of reminds me when I was first starting out my career, I had a really tough boss and I remember um, just being right out of school in my first job, and I remember, I'll never forget <laughs> the boss saying to me uh, when I was sort of whining a little bit maybe about external factors and what the environment was throwing at me, you know, he just looked me in the eye and said, it's up to you to figure out a way around it. And I remember just sort of stopping cold and thinking, why, yes, it is. <laughs> And, and Terry, it's one of the fascinating things about being in the automotive industry. I've had a chance to work outside of automotive for a short period of time, a couple of times. And the challenge of this business, the competitive nature, the dynamics like we're facing right now, all, all the complexity, all of those things test you from the perspective of how strong can you be? How tenacious can you be? How, how well can you build a team that can break down and solve a problem better than others? Mm -hmm. And that aspect for me is uh, tremendous. It's really energizing as opposed mm -hmm. to overwhelming. Oh, I, I totally agree. And it's one of the things that makes me crazy when people talk about the industry and you know, as being sort of a dinosaur industry. It's like, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so is there a key trait um, other than tenacity that has helped you get where you are now? Um, you know, I, I think obviously it, there's the, the the combination. Patrick Lenzioni is one of the guys that I spend time reading and studying, and and he talks about sort of the power of teams and the power of virtues between hunger, which I go to with tenacity, humility, and then 
then he refers to it as smart, but it's both emotional intelligence as well as base intelligence. And so when, when we, when you think about that, you know, it's a little, with athletes, you can't teach speed. You can't, there, there's just certain things you can't teach. There's a lot of things you can, but with athletes, you can't teach speed in business. You can't teach smart and you can't teach hunger. There's a lot of the other things you can teach, but, but those, it, humility is built. It, it, it's, it's innate, but it, it's expanded. Hunger is, is either there or it's not. And, and the intelligence and the ability to apply the intelligence then from an emotional intelligence standpoint, the, those things are both how you take something that's innate and polish it. And that, and that for me is what I look at and what I work on for myself. I, I just love that hunger, humility, and smart. Um, what a great combination of characteristics. That's really, that's really great. And that's memorable. So, so thank you for that, uh, John. So in closing, one final question, do you have a favorite quote and why? Sure, I do. I've got a couple of them there stuck on my wall, but I'll just give you one. Um, it's from Mike Yusin. He's a professor at uh, the Wharton School and he's written quite a few leadership books. He's also an avid, um, I don't know the right term, he's an avid mountain climber. So he's, he's, he's climbed uh, all of the mountains around the world and he writes about that. And his quote is, pick your associates well, back them fully, empower them with accountability and responsibility, and they will produce far more than you ever will on your own. So I, I, I like that from the standpoint of, in, particularly in the, the quote was really meaningful because it was talking about an expedition um, to, the, to the top of a mountain and talking about how that team worked together and, and the preparation and what they had to do as a team and the way in which the process by which some of these climbing teams are selected and what you need and where there's fit and where there's not fit. And it really, for me, what has been powerful and how you think through what an organization needs and therefore what, what sort of team and what sort of fit you have to have in order to, to get to the top of the mountain to face the challenge. Fascinating. You know, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking, you know, I know a number of uh, business school deans or senior leaders who are mountain climbers. I, I wonder if there's a correlation there about, about you know, kind of living the teamwork that that uh, they're trying to teach. You know, it's interesting. But what a, what a great what a great quote to um, leave us with. That's that's really fabulous. Um, John, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today um, and this important series featuring male leaders. And thank you for your leadership. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Terry. And hopefully somebody else can gain some benefit from, uh, from our conversation. Well, that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet him and also meet her a podcast series featuring women of accomplishment sharing their experiences and insights on leadership. And while you're there, check out the other virtual informed components, including a growing library of video tips, 
virtual leadership development programming, and even a series of virtual events. Thank you.